Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here and now, episode 180. Seven, you could jump on board and thank you, Unfiltered Band, the Unfiltered Revolution at Casey Stern on Twitter. Get in Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts, and of course on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, my guest today, longtime friend, 17 years in the bigs, uh, in a sweet manner patrolling center field. <laughs> and as long as you don't throw him too many sliders, he's pretty much smiling all the time. And uh, now working in the Mariner system will be part of the Futures game, which I would get into. Obviously, your boy Daz in the Orioles system. I want to talk about the game and all the changes as we welcome in my good friend, Mike Cameron. Cam, appreciate this, man. Good to talk to you. How are you, buddy? Case, what's good, brother? What's good? I'm, I mean, so, you know, I got I to gotta start with a funny story, and then I'll get to the ad read and pay off the sponsors, keep people happy. Um, So... You can be found on Twitter at mcameron44. Yeah. That didn't used to be your Twitter yeah. handle. So yeah. I realized, so I knew you were on a new Twitter because I know sometimes you, you tweet at some of the crazy crap that I say. And I see your Twitter <laughs> pop up. We go back and forth. But I realized yesterday when I saw your bio and your old Twitter handle was still in there, I clicked it and I'm still following whoever the hell that is. <laughs> I don't know, like. I guess it was at the time when Twitter was kind of like going through a shakeup or whatever. And they yeah. like, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. Da, 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 da. I don't think I did it. And then they like locked me out of it. And then I couldn't get back in it anymore. So, so it's know, just sitting there. It's not somebody who hacked it. It's just basically some old Twitter that's just sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. So right. I just, I, I, I got off of it for a little while. Then I got another one. Uh, I don't know if it got hacked or not, but I know it was going crazy. So I'm just like, okay, I don't know what's what with this. Well, I, I unfollowed you on the other on the other stuff, man. I, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I got, that, that was a wrap for me. I got away from the dark man and just went straight to my name. So, uh, well, you get then, you, you get older, you get more boring. You got to go basic. Yeah, you change your own yeah. name. Uh, yeah, we, yeah. we as always at, at Unfiltered presented here by Bet Online, our number one source for your championship finals info, stats, news, and scores, latest odds and lines, matchup reports for your year's NBA and Stanley Cup finals, your number one sports Intel headquarters this season. They got you covered for all your wagering needs, basketball, hockey, MLB, UFC, and boxing. Fastest, easiest way to get all your betting info, live betting options, and your casino and card games available for you right now at your home. So get into the action today. Head over to the website. Use the mobile device to join. But make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE. It's B-L-E-A-V to get your 50% bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online where the game starts. I want to get started here because I got a lot I want to catch up and get into. But the Futures game, which I cover for many years. Obviously, I used to help broadcast Sirius XM does it, and they do a great job with it. 
I'm looking at the 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 this. I mean, I'm thinking like, can you you guys should just form a team instead of a coaching staff? So you're gonna uh, be on the National League staff. You well, got you got Beltre. You got King Felix, Otero, Joel Pinero, Jeremy Reed, Dan Wilson, Randy Wynn. I mean, I know Raul and and HR are doing the managing. I mean, what a cool thing that is. That is a cool thing. That that was a slight change. So Harold said that he wanted me to be on his squad. So I got a coach. Uh, you got 30. traded to the AL. Yeah, I got traded. So uh, again, I, think- I mean, for a guy who had to move so many teams so many times, <laughs> really? Yeah. Again. Again. Unfortunately. And uh, he asked me, he's like, hey, uh, I want to get you on my squad. I said, you got to talk to Raul about that because Raul was the first person to call me. And then uh, Raul was like, all right, it's cool because since I get he, Raul is loaded. We got all the old heads over there that probably can't throw BP, just going to be sitting around talking. And, you know, we got, we got, um, let's see. He I know Beltre go- could still play. So you got Dave oh, Valley yeah. over by, by you, right? With, with yeah. Harold. <laughs> No chance. Right. So I yeah, I mean you got you got guys who've been in suits more than they've been in uniforms exactly. in a long time. So let me exactly. let me see. I think I got I think I got the AL group here too. So uh let me see. So the American oh oh you got Jamie Moyer, yeah. right? You got yeah. Buner, you got Alvin Davis. So <laughs> they 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 needed a little bit. You're bringing youth to that party. Exactly. I mean, I think you can run faster than Jamie's throwing it. So, <laughs> I mean, at least you got that. Because on the other side, I mean, you know, Beltre could still play. I yeah. mean, come on, man. Yeah. That's I'm a, sure, you, you I'm know sure. he's I'm, still in, in badass shape. You know, he's got a few guys over there that probably, you know, King, the King probably still can yeah, spin oh, it. Oh, you know. Meryl's probably still can on, spin man. it a little bit. So, yeah, he's definitely got a better squad, like coaching-wise, so to speak. You know what's crazy about Beltre? So, real quick story. So, in, in my 20 years covering the game, the only guy I saw that what I would call revered in a clubhouse was yeah. when I covered the Red Sox and covered Poppy during those yeah. those years in, in yeah. 04, 05. When I was there covering it with the Rangers during those runs, it was yeah. amazing what and the way that people react to this dude. Now, you were a dude like this and people reacted to you and and see, I remember your time in Milwaukee with you and CeCe and guys like that. I mean, all through yeah. your career, you were a guy like that. But Beltre, just a different dude when it comes to the way he seems to lead by example and carry himself, brother. Yeah. Boy, right? Yeah. And, and he, like, you know, I got a chance to play with Beltre and um, I played against him for many years and then I got a chance to play with him in Boston. And, uh, man, it was... Uh, one of the most talented teams I've ever been on that didn't win anything because we got hurt. Everybody got hurt. Uh, but, man, Beltre was, like, still, you know, above and beyond because he was the one that could – when we had Victor Martinez, Poppy, Adrian Beltre, and, and little Dustin Pedroia in the same clubhouse. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's like you got four- enough testosterone and, and ego and people <laughs> who can handle themselves in there. For, yeah, exactly. plus, I mean, Beltre not wearing a cup. If you're not wearing a cup at third base, I've never seen it like dude, I've I- never seen. I remember that. I remember the first time I heard that and I interviewed him about that and asked him. I mean, no wonder why you're so good at defense, because God forbid, if you're not, I mean, you're going to be laying on the ground. How could you be at third base? With dudes oh. like Chef and others sitting there right-handed bats and not be wearing a cup, bro. Are you nuts? I don't know how he did it, man. He played for so long like that, bro. Like and 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 it felt like he had a glove. He had like he had two gloves over there. You know, yeah. I know everyone loves to talk about Arenado. Like oh, he's, um, he's terrific, sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's great, but man, like if there was a guy who was Arenado before Arenado was, it was this guy right here. 
and maybe Scott Rowland, but I still thought that uh, Beltre had the, like the strongest arm out of all of them because the guy could throw. He can flick it any kind of way as long as he got his feet on there, got his got his feet set up, or whatever. And then he was he was great, man. That but, play coming in on a bunt. I mean, yeah. he's going barehanded. I mean, he had that arm right. I mean, he was as him, good at that as anybody has seen. Ventura used him, to be great at that back in the day. Him, I'll say Beltre, Ventura. And obviously today it will be probably Manny Machado. And yeah. obviously you can't that's, ever that's a, for, for people that is, that's as tough a play as you're ever going to get at that, that position. Angle. Oh exactly. my God, forget it. I, impossible. But I mean, it, that's why, but that's why they got you on the other squad. So that way you can patrol. <laughs> I mean, the outfield Jay not going to move much. I mean, so he gonna, you're going to be working with the outfielders more than he going to be you know, just trying to work on, on hitting it out of the ballpark. Not like you couldn't yeah. do that as well. Uh, but yeah. I, I want to ask you just about, Baseball and I, I know obviously ups and downs this year so far with with that team, but yeah, and that's just how it goes because when young teams come together, there's always that like, you know, to me it's that cat and mouse like we hear, but now the rest of the league knows you're here, and yeah. then there's that adjustment period. But for you to see Seattle get back in the playoffs, get yeah. the All Star game back, how great is that for you considering the relationship you've got with that community? Um. I think it's great because this is the first time in 22 years that it's been there. Uh, obviously, um, the team is, um, I guess, in a different space um, as far as where they at, where they are right now. You know, um, with the expect expectancy of of being a contributor, you know, late in the season, playoff, postseason run, or whatever it may be. And um, I think it's just good for the city. Uh, they've done some things over there. Um, you know, with the new CFO, I think it is, with Katie, Katie Griggs. And uh, so, like, the, the team is on the up and up. It's just that, unfortunately, they got out to a bad start offensively. And, you know, I when you struggle offensively, it seems like you just don't play well at all. So, um, and then, you know, like, a lot of the things that everyone expected out of this team still forgot that there's some youth you know, still, you know, Julio's second year, all the pitchers basically their first or second year, uh, Robbie Ray going down, um, a couple of the new additions, you know, kind of getting out to a slow start um, with uh, Wong and um, let's see, Wong and, you know, AJ and um, uh, let's see who else. Um but Tao's starting to turn it around yeah, a lot. Yeah, and you know? I want to get to the J-Rod thing. So, like, yeah. here's the thing is I go back to this is why Mike Trout is literally one of, of one. Yeah. You know, maybe yeah. Otani's you know, one of one in a different category. But Mike Trout, like, I think he went years, and this is legit, without, like, three games in a row not getting on base. Like, this guy yeah. didn't have a bad week, let alone yeah. have a bad month or a bad year. I mean, it's stupid what he did. But you look yeah. at Aaron Judge after his first big season, second year, there were people wondering halfway through the season, what the hell's wrong, right? And yeah. then Vladdy, we saw all the expectations, yeah. took him a little longer, then he went up, then he went down. Isn't this just par for the course? I can't stand when people get crazy. We're sitting here in June. You know how many times Paul Goldschmidt's been hitting like 200 in the June? It's like every year of his career. Yeah. There are a lot of times where it takes that full season, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. that second year. How, what's the toughest part? about dealing with the kind of expectations that Julio's kind of dealing with here in year two? Well, you know, the Julio kind of is just, you know, he, he, he's a great, he's a great player for one, um, a great specimen. And he's 
just uh, has this like um, egregious, um, like aura about him. So he he he's always been expected to be the guy, and um, you know, with him being just turning twenty one, I think is you know, and then getting a major contract, and then like blowing on the scene last year in um, the uh, home run derby. Like everyone knows those uh, like all those special talents that he had, but. You know, and then he kind of, you know, he kind of snuck up on some people last year. Like, okay, he's a leadoff guy. You know, we got to start treating him like, you know, kind of like Mike Trout. And I don't know if this year he was ready for, you know, that he had to take some off of his aggressiveness because people are using it against him a lot this year. Uh, they're pitching him very tough. And I think that, you know, like he's starting to swing the bat a little bit better. I think he had like a couple mechanical flaws. Um, and then, you know, one, the one thing, Case – that no one never really thinks about because the player is human and you can put down any analytical data you want to, no matter how you see it, but playing in T-Mobile stadium, the first three months, when you hit a ball in the gap, you yeah. expect it to go off the wall. <laughs> you expect it to go off the wall. Oh, yeah. go find some no, grass, yeah. And somebody catches it. That's demoralizing. I'm That's sorry. Right. That's right. You can put any expected oh, bad and average on it. You can put whatever you want to put on it. But when guys hit ball well and they don't fall, I don't care who you are. You're not AI. Uh, this new intelligence stuff they want to put out there. But you're going to be affected by it That's because right. of the human That's emotional right. Your ego, result. right? Your confidence. I, I, yes. I blasted the crap out of that thing, hit it off the screws, and it didn't go nowhere. Nowhere, And then man. people expect that to just translate on the road, but it's not like that. And then it makes no. it worse at home if you treat it that way as a hitter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't care what nobody says. They can say whatever they want to say, but that impacts you a lot. You know, yep. even especially for the new guys that come in to a place like Seattle, and it's like, man, I crushed that ball. And you're already 0 for 3, and you got a man on first and second. That could have had a chance to either score some runs, either tie the game or go up, and it's an out. And you're already kind of struggling. That impacts you. You have to fight against that, but it definitely impacts you. And so, you know, I think that's kind of happened a little bit early on. Then you start pressing a little bit. You know, you start pressing a little bit more, especially when the team overall is not playing well. And so – with that being said, I think that's kind of like Julio's kind of took on that. I think the, you know, the national media has made him like the savior of Seattle again. That's right. Yep. And and that's a lot of weight. That's a lot of pressure for a guy that's 21 years old, man. So, you know, hopefully that now the sun is starting to pop out there a little bit, kind of burn off some of that marine layer. The temperature's going up to like 70 at nighttime now, you know, at least 72, 73 degrees at night. The ball was flying. They hit three homers last night. One to left center. Two to like center, right center, that doesn't happen in April, May. So hopefully that a lot of that stuff is kind of like helping these guys out with the ball is flying a little bit better when you hit it well. Uh your expected um a result or batting average is a lot better, you know, moving forward. But you know, they have a tough talent challenge ahead because of the Texas Rangers are playing very well. Uh obviously the old, you know, the old guard of uh Houston. It's still there. You know, they they got like some, you know, they probably got some little cracks in the chink right now, but they still having a very um a very uh good offense. Right yeah. And the deadline, you know they're gonna you know, make moves too. They got yeah, that, you know, like they got from, veteran, 
veteran offensive players, man, that's right. that know how to get it done yeah. year in and year out. Last yeah. seven and eight years, they've been in, you know, right at the top. So and turning that switch on too. They're they're used yeah. to doing that late in the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask you. I want I want to go back to that for a second, but I, I want to ask you about this because it, it made me think of it when you said expectations. I was talking about this last week. You know, one of the things that that I think. And I don't say this you know, to be condescending, but fans get yeah. wrong that I, as a fan, before I really saw it and understood in different sports, players and locker rooms and clubhouses is fans seem to think that the manager's job usually either deserves too much credit or too much blame. They kind of get it wrong on both sides. And it's always like the first thing to do when a team not going right. And I'm not talking about Seattle here, but I was referring to Buck Showalter last week. And it's like, you know, the Mets are sitting there and they got, you know, Verlander and Scherzer not pitching well. They got, yeah. you know, Diaz gone. So everybody kind of, you know, in a wrong seat on the bus. And, and now yeah. the middle relief is all out of whack. And guys weren't hitting off the bat. And, you know, now now it's Buck's lineup and Buck's. Di- and it's just, I'm just using him as an yeah. example. Yeah. <laughs> How, what is it like when you're in a clubhouse and you've been on teams that have been good. You've been on teams that, that have underperformed when you're on a team that's underperforming and now it's harder in social media cam than even even was a few years ago. But when you kind of start feel like the, the managers and coaches are getting the heat as a player, what is that like? Like how much accountability are you feeling as a player when you knew in that room, Hey, look guys, we're not doing what we need to do. Yeah, you know, it's really tough for the team. You know, so it, I, it, it would be really difficult to play in this day and age because of this little thing right here yeah. on social media, right at your hands. Um, the biggest thing, I think, is uh, like a lot of times people, what people don't realize is that most managers are not really making the lineup, you know, very much now. Not anymore. There's, yeah, there's a lot of data that's put into, we call it, you know, and, and Darman, Darnell McDonald, we call it the uh, – the good old computer system that, you know, puts you in the lineup or not. So the computer got you today. So, um, you know, I think that's taken in consideration. And then and he, one of the best dudes ever, by the way, but yeah, like it, it does add a little bit of, um, um, uh, anxiety towards the player when, especially when they're not doing very well, uh, and you're supposed to play very well. And um, there's a lot that's going on. I, I really feel for the people in New York because it, it's got to be tough, you know, when you're losing guys, you know, to injury and everything else. And uh, some guys have gotten off to a slow start. And then your big bat is down because he got hit in the hand the other day. So it puts a lot of pressure on everybody else to try to up their level of performance. And uh, when you start to have to add to what is already there, it makes it very difficult um, to play the game you know, under that duress. And, you know, you already know that some other teams are getting out, out the gate very well. Um, the the lineup and the in the roster for the the uh, New York Mets, it looks like they don't have the, the 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 right pieces together to plug in and and continue to roll like you're supposed to. Um, and I thought that you know they were really built off of you know the two Big, yeah, the horses at the front. Aces. Yeah, yeah. The and that's the thing. How's it Bucks fault? They gave up 10 runs against the Braves. And yeah, the man. Like, thing ever. It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, and yeah. I love Max Scherzer. You give up seven runs against San Diego last year in the playoffs. Did Buck do that? Yeah. Like, what do you think? No. I mean, come on, man. It is tough. How, how different? You've played in different cities, and, yeah. you know, I mean, look, Chicago can, can be tough, and these are all in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know? But, you know, in places like – 
and I'm not saying this to to you know get on because I'll get on Skyline Chitty, but I'm not getting on the C I N C I N N A T I Cincinnati. I did that still. <laughs> uh, but like maybe the Cincinnati Seattle, like I look, people don't understand. Like you walk into some of these cities and there's like six beat writers, and yeah. you'll walk into a place like New York. And there's like 26 guys in there and you're yeah. looking up and you're playing the Marlins and you're like, why yeah. is there this many people in here? Yeah. Yeah. How, how much added pressure was that? Just, just not because of anything you do, just for anyone who's in that shoes, try and kind of put me through what, yeah. what the difference is. Uh, the difference is uh, for me, you know, I was fortunate enough to be playing long enough to understand and expect it. Also, to experience it by playing in postseason play, yep. um, which kind of helps you on a daily basis. Uh, the one thing that, you know, that allowed me to kind of like be able to um, not have the anxiety with amongst a, a lot of media members is to understand that, you know, like they have a job to do and uh, you're not going to like everything they write about you because, you know, the stroke of the pen can carry the, carry the mind a long ways from a fanatical standpoint. Yep. And, um, and, you know, obviously you can't really fool the people in New York either. So, um, you know, not to say you can't fool anybody anywhere else, but, you know, like the knowledge and the history and understanding the game. Um, sometimes, you know, a lot of people, they understand it a little bit better, you know, from the typical fan. Um, but, you know, just me, just, you know, the one thing I always try to do is just try to be truthful about whether I stunk or not. I didn't try to make no excuses about it. And kind of go with it from there and continue to work hard, man. Even the, the short little stay that I spent in New York, it was a, a change in experience for me because you you have to be on all the time. Like you and I think we can speak no other than Derek Jeter being on all the time. He didn't share a lot of information because his play displayed, you know, the way he was. And and you gotta take be able to take the good with the bad, man, because the big apple can it can lift you or it could sink you very quickly. But, um, you know, just dealing with that media every single day can be anxiety for some people. Look, it got to me my first couple of months over there. I was getting booed from the time my foot hit the top step. But I didn't think I got booed more than Kazmatsui when I was playing. No, nobody got booed more than Kazmatsui. <laughs> Who then, yeah, by the, the way, that may got booed that much was Ronnie Cedeno, uh, uh, <laughs> it, which which is crazy because in his first stint he stole like nine million bases and was great. Yeah, and then he brought him back yeah. and it was like it was like he was he was Ronnie. Did where'd you go? But I get it, it, it's funny Cedeno. because I I, re I remember so I remember standing <laughs> in I remember covering in two thousand and. I think it's 2007. The Rockies yeah. and the Phillies were in the first round of the postseason. Yeah. And I'm in Philadelphia covering it. And I remember I went up because I it was it was in the late innings and I wanted to go up and go into Ashburn Alley and go get some food before we had to do post game. And mm -hmm. Kyle Loesch is on the mound. And the, I'm watching now from the outfield eating like some kind of cheesesteak. And yeah. here's a bases loaded and Kaz Matsui. It's a great, he almost hit a grand slam like to me. I was in the outfield and I'm sitting there thinking, where the hell was this dude like, like three years ago? It's like, it, what? It's amazing. You know, Change of scenery, those are real. Yes, I mean, but he, he came in and they expected, like, you know, I, I mean, and I just mean it's just, a, it is what it is. They expected, like, it was like Ichiro was coming in. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, that's exactly. not, that was that, that's not what he was. No. They, then they played no, him no. at a position he couldn't play. So, I mean, True. there were things that weren't his fault, but I mean, this guy was great at like opening day and getting hit yeah. by pitches. And that was about it. 
<laughs> yeah, man. It, you're right. You're I right. I mean, it was, it was, but, 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 it, you know, so what's, you know, what's funny is, is the, the pressure. So we talk about change of scenery. I admire guys who are the same everywhere. Like you were the same everywhere they go. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're bringing you to different places and then figuring out how to adjust into that. And I bring yeah. this up because, you know, Kutch gets his 2000th hit, what, a couple of days ago now. Man. And I mean, can you do it more right than this guy does it on the you field, know, off the field, in every community, the way he yeah. handles himself, the way his career is gone, the way everybody wrote him off and then he writes himself back in and adjusts and creates. I mean, just how much respect and admiration do you have from one guy as as a guy? Because look, I mean, you know, Kutch used to certainly you know, earlier in his years patrol with with the best of them too yeah. out in the outfield. But j just talk yeah. about how different that dude is in terms of the way he's carried himself, really start to finish Cam in his career. Yeah, um, you know, talking about Kutch, man. You know, I was obviously I was in Milwaukee when he was kind of making his debut, so I was kind of like on my last three maybe four years or whatever it may have been and to see him come in man and knowing that the Pittsburgh at that time was getting like every number one pick so um you know to see Kutch come in I was like okay they got a dude that can be you know that can be electric over here he's gonna you know he's a center fielder he's a leadoff guy he can run he's got pop we didn't know he's gonna turn into an MVP guy type of guy but that's what he was and um you know to be able to gracefully you know, go through your career to have your ups and downs and still get opportunities to come back. Obviously it speaks to his character for one and what he does on and off the field, because believe it or not, teams are looking for people who can come in, not only help, you know, mentor their younger guys coming along, but also be a contributor still in a way that can help you win ball games. I mean, he went to New York, um, you know, went play for the Yankees a little bit. Um, and then, he, you know, he went to some other places that were like big time, you know, franchises or organizations or whatever. So and then he finally gets a chance to say, hey, you know what? This made me the best opportunity for me now is to go back home where I'm comfortable at. I don't have to like, you know, I think he say he still lives there. Um, you know, his family gets a chance to see him every day. There's a certain comfort in that. And the fact that. You know, you know what Pittsburgh is like starting to put together, you know, they're not quite there yet, but they're starting to put some players on the field that can compete, especially in the central division and uh, yep. NLs, in the NL. So uh, and then, you know, obviously coming up on milestones like he's come up on, man, is uh, is a uh, huge. It's I mean, amazing. Got, you know, it's 2000 amazing. Hits, bro. you know how many hits that is? Yeah, it's a lot. It's yeah. a, and, and look and, and look great sports town. That yeah. stadium is to me yeah. as beautiful as the, the any there people, is in the park. It's one of the best in, stadiums in the, in the in baseball. Oh, it, 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 aesthetically, looking at it, it's like yeah. you just sit there when you're at home at play. I mean, forget it. It's gorgeous. And it's that bridge, it's, the Clemente Bridge, the walking place. over there to get, yeah, I mean, I, I love that place. Yeah. I love that that scene that I don't even know how many times I watched on, on social media where he, you know, he stepped out of the box his first his first day be back there in that yeah. uni again. I mean, yeah. that, that was... That's a, that's a great, great feeling. It's a great feeling that you can't really explain because the appreciation the people have for you. you know, wherever you wherever you go, like I'm sure he's come back as a visitor there, yes. you know, playing in Milwaukee, obviously playing in Milwaukee and coming back there. Yep. Uh, but to be able to come back to a place where you're revered and they respect you, it's, it's a comforting feeling. And then to start off you know, having the season that he's having, um, 
it's it's even a more of a blessing. And and then you know you're starting to see the people come back out to see people play in Pittsburgh, which is a very good sign in the game, man. You know when you're starting to you know the people starting to come back out because your team. Yeah, is doing oh, they deserve, and they deserve it because they're earning it too. And you want those kids exactly. to be able exactly. to be able to to have that. Uh, I, I want to a couple more things I want to hit with you. One is we're coming up here and uh, happy early Father's Day coming up this Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's a different dynamic when you play a sport for a living and your son grows up watching you do it. And now yeah. is you know when I say following your footsteps and your son Daz now in the Orioles system following in your yeah. footsteps of being a professional athlete because to me it doesn't matter if it's same position different position has the same yeah. attributes looks the same same smile because some of that's the same but yeah. you know what i mean it's like it's following yeah. the footsteps of being a professional athlete what what of the from what you can share what are the conversations like over the last calendar year as you try and you know, take him into what your headspace was like in times where you needed to kind of stay the course because he's going to get there but yeah. it's, it's not easy. I mean, that's yeah. why the one percent yeah. of the one percent. What's that been like for you? And how do you separate, you know, Dad, Mike Cameron, right, with Daz, to yeah. you know, hey, you, you know, you're in player development for a reason. This is what you do. This you you've been there. Yeah. How do those two things kind of work in in the same line over the last year or so with Daz? It's tough sometimes, Case, um, uh, because. I, I understand the business part of it. I understand. I understand the business. Uh, it's frustrating at times uh, because I know the game, and I thought that you know, uh, last year was tough, man. Being you know, just being in Detroit was tough because I felt like you know Detroit wasn't going anywhere, and he needed to be playing to find out if he can play or not, and. You know, when he got an opportunity to play, he ended up getting COVID from Adam Meadows, and then he never got back up there for a while. So, and he was playing well. And I always share the numbers with him, and I can get all the numbers that you possibly can get. And I share him, you know, about different things and, you know, this, that, and the other. But for the most part, I think he's gotten to the point now where he understands it. You know, he's 26 now. He thinks he's old, obviously. Um, that's that's kind of the way they, they treat the game now. If you're not 22 to – to 25 they don't think you can play in the big leagues or whatever if you're not already there anyway and I just told him I said the only thing you know the probably the biggest thing that you you can do as a player no matter how much you get frustrated with if you got talent somebody's always going to find you you just have to find out how to take that talent and and find some consistency in your talent you know like I know a lot of guys go to these different hitting swing coaches um, different, do different things in all season that think that that puts them over the edge right at the top. I said, but it still comes down to you can do all those different things or whatever, but the consistency of your game still has to show up, and that's what makes big leaguers. I said, and then also uh, the opportunity. I said, your opportunity may be limited this year. Um, I didn't particularly like the fact that, you know, Baltimore plucked him off of the, you know, when, when Detroit took him off the roster because I understood that they have – two or three guys, two guys in the top 100 in the outfield. Um, they're loaded in the outfield over there. Um, but he, he does bring um, a special – he does bring a special talent there because he can do everything. It just – he hasn't been able to prove it at the big league level enough. And uh, so I say you just got to use it to your advantage. 
by you playing with some of these guys, they probably they I think they have the I know they have the best record in AAA, but I don't know about the minor leagues. Their AAA team is loaded. I said that's only going to elevate the way you have to play on a daily basis. That's, that's right. how the big league, that's how the big leagues is. Everybody. Iron sharpens iron for sure. Yeah. Yes. And and I say when you look around and you see you see the top one hundred guys like okay they may be two years younger or whatever it may be, but you got big league time. You know, you you know what it's like to do this. So I don't need you to be getting upset, you know, when he they promised him that he's gonna play four out of six games and 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 it didn't happen early on in the season. So he's frustrated. So he's trying to still get these hits and and chasing hits. And I'm like, bro, it's gonna be hard to do when you're chasing hits, playing in a when you're not playing every day. I mean, it's hard enough to hit every day anyway. But when you're not playing every day and you're chasing hits, you're going to have a lot of disappointments. So let's focus on, as they always call it, more of the process of what you're trying to do. You're trying to make your skill set better. You're trying to get your strike zone judgment knowledge a little better. Hey, and I'm not saying you got to be great at this. I'm just saying that you have to be much better at it. You also have to be in the big leagues. When you throw the ball in the middle of the plate, they don't miss it very often. They miss it, but they don't miss it very often. And you have to be able to find some way in your, in your game to understand that, hey, I'm not playing every day. You know what? Look at it from – I always try to look at it from this perspective. You're not playing every day. That means your legs are going to be better. You're going to get to observe a little bit. There's nothing like playing all the time to evaluate your skill set yourself, but when you get a chance to do it – on a daily basis from the perspective of where you are, like those other two days that you're not playing or you may DH one day or whatever it is, you have to be able to consume yourself and understanding that this may be helping my body in the long run. Um, you know, I won't be so worn out like later on in the year, but you have to perform when you get the opportunity to perform. I hate to put that pressure on you, but, that's just the way it is, son. That's part of the business. And I think he's starting to understand that now. And since after that first month, man, and a couple of those guys got hurt, I almost thought he was going to go to the big leagues before they signed um, uh, when when uh, when they signed, uh, gosh, what's his name from the Yankees? Uh, switch hitter. Um, uh, oh, I know you're talking about, too. Oh, gosh. Uh, no, no. Oh, Aaron Hicks. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah, I, that's mind. all right. That's all right. But you know, they you know they signed Aaron Hicks, and for a minute, I was like, "Hey, okay, their two left-handed guys are hurt. Um, you know, their two top prospects are hurt. He's just not on the roster. So, you know, Daz, he can play center field in the big leagues every day. You know, I got no problem with that. Offensively, we don't know where he is until you get a chance to get out and to, to show you that need the reps. You need, you need yeah, the reps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, it, 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 it's the same thing from a – oh, go ahead, Cam. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, but, but, you know, just in that perspective, I told him, I said, by the way you're playing right now, you probably deserve to be in the big leagues. But because they have so much talent up there, and you probably can go up there and be the second-best defensive player behind the guy who's already won a couple gold gloves and, and, and a couple silver sluggers up there. But, uh, yeah, you – you just have to be where your feet are, man, and just kind of go, you know, play the game and keep playing it. And don't worry about, um, you know, what your time frame is, because whenever your time is, 
it's going to happen for you. You're going to always get a chance to play in the big leagues because of your last name. You know, you just have to, you just have to continue to want to do that as much as you want to, and just try to use some of the energy that you, when things are not going according to like you want, wanted them to go, just try to use that energy in a positive mindset, man, and continue to play the game that you love. You know, everything that you love ain't going to be all um, peaches and cream. So, Yep. You just have to stay with it, man, and, and keep going. If you love this game like that, then you keep working and continue to get better and enjoy what it brings to you, you know, and it's not going to be great every single day. And so he's really focusing on that, and his season has really turned around and taken off. And I said, look, there's a 29 other teams beside the Baltimore Orioles, and people are looking for guys that can play. I said, you may not be an everyday big league b- baseball player, but – you know, the, the, the goal is still to, to get to the big leagues. And, and when you have to keep that in your mindset, when you're going through these certain trials and tribulations while you're down there in AAA. Somebody gave me a quote years ago. It said, um, you've been assigned this mountain to show others it could be moved. And sometimes that's what the obstacles are there for. Because when you come yeah. out the other side of that, it's going to be well worth it. And you'll understand why that was your journey. And I'm sure that's going to be the case for Daz. I, I want to ask yeah. you one more before I let you run. I appreciate all this time. But yeah. something that I, to me, nobody ever talks about. We always talk about analytics. You mentioned the computer. And yeah. we always think about for pitchers or for hitters. And you were such a terrific outfielder. And outfield and fielding in general, but as I'm, I'm specifically talking about the outfield, has yeah. also changed a lot where you've got, you know, people pulling cards out of back pockets and, you know, move 2.7, you know, <laughs> tenths to the right and all this other kind of stuff is going on. And I'm just curious because I know you work with kids a lot, obviously. Your yeah. son's an outfielder as well. How much has it changed from the outfield standpoint in terms of all the analytics? Like how much from a fielding perspective in the outfield are you feeling in today's game the differences with all of that? Man, you know, it's changed dramatically. Um, I learn with the best computer that you can possibly have, and that's my eyes and my mind. Um, you know, those numbers that they put out now just justify what I've already seen. Um, it, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes. I understand it helps, you know, with knowing where the, you know, I think we go off the car so much that we forget about the guy who's on the mound and the person who's actually hitting at that particular moment. I call it, I, I guess they call that right now, liquid uh, analytics. Mm-hmm. So those things happening right then and there before your eyes may not be on the car, but I do understand the reason why they're using it. I just, you know, it's, I don't think it's an end all be all. And that what kind of makes it a little difficult for me to be able to do it. I've never had to use a car. I probably didn't start using a card until I got to Milwaukee, like in 2008 or something like that. And I was like, ah, all right. You know, I won't make it bad since, you know, I know how to play this position front and back. My eyes closed and it's probably still can play it now. Just watching what transpired, you know, over the course of time. And, you know, you have to still make in-game adjustments that sometimes the car just don't display. And I think that's that's part of the problem today is that we're so really self-reliant on the computer to do everything. It almost looks like yeah, some of the athleticism is kind of taken away a little bit. But once again, like I said, I do understand it. 
Uh, I know it's a very big factor in the game. It's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, uh, I don't. I think they use some of those numbers to grade really good outfielders in a bad perspective sometimes. Also, just because you don't throw a certain mile an hour or you don't get the greatest first step jump, you know, whatever it may be. And uh, they're giving out awards based on, you know, like some of these numbers. And and I think it, it kind of waters down like the real guys that can play, you know, the, the, the positions in the outfield or whatever. So um, but I still, you know, although we have all the analytical data and everything else, I still tell the guys the best way to get better as an outfielder is during batting practice when your mind is clear, there's no game going on, and you can just focus on seeing the ball come off the bat, the flight of the bat, the different angles that you have to take, um, the different things that I try to do to emulate the game, you know, maybe trying to run it for a certain amount of time and catch the ball back over my left shoulder with my face facing the wall, you know, different type of different things that you can do that when you're totally relaxed, your body allows you to do it. That if you do these things enough, they come into uh, they do come into play during the game sometime because this is what you're training your body to respond to and understand and everything. Um, I used to, you don't have to do it anymore. Guys play deep all the time. They probably play 10, 10, 10 steps from the warning track. Uh, when I was coming along, it was about it's get close as you can in and try to go back. And that yeah, Paul Blair, good. like shallow center field. Yeah, right? yeah, it, yeah, that's yeah, gone. Yeah. Now everybody come yeah. in. No, no, because everyone is trying to get the ball up in the air. And so you don't have to play in no more. You just concede those hits or whatever. Because the computer says if you can stop the ball from getting a double, the win probability goes up (laughs) a whole lot with less than two minutes. There's so much, man. Uh, But, you know, the game is still the game. Uh, We just added a little lot more different trinkets and everything else. I just wish um, that guys will understand that. You know, those numbers are there for you to uh, for it to be factual, so to speak. But it doesn't make it what you're seeing at the moment. You have to be able to do that because it's still the human nature of the game. The human makes the numbers. Those numbers are not there. If these humans are not doing this stuff. So and these humans have feelings and every different all different perspectives and whatever. I get into it with guys. I call them the khaki boys. You know, the iPad khaki boys, we get into it all the time because, you know, it's like they don't believe certain things come into play in the game. It's like, man, when you play this game that you've been learning to play for so long, it hasn't changed a little bit. We can go put analytics on the eight-year-old field down there. That's right. Kids are going to. You can't calculate mindset. You can't calculate attitude. You can't calculate character. You can't. And at the end of the day, when it's 3-2 and that pitcher and that hitter buckling down, it's going to be about those two humans. Yep. Right? Exactly. The com- the com- the competitive side of it. Um, and I constantly remind my kid this all the time. And I constantly remind guys all the time. Hey, man. Well, you know, he said, well, he don't throw a slider in this counter. This. I said, bro, use your mind and what you're seeing over the course of the game sometimes. Like, I was just in Tulsa right now with our double A squad. And, you know, one of the guys like, well, you know, like he's got a nasty slider. He throws it. I said, I'm watching the game. He ain't throwing the slider for a strike yet. So why are you worried about it? He's going to throw it anyway, but he's not throwing for strikes. Now, was that as yeah. easy when you were chasing sliders? <laughs> hey, 
I chased a lot of sliders. <laughs> I chased a whole lot of sliders. You hit a bunch, too. You hit a hey, bunch, too. You better so not I hang know, them. I know. Like, whatever you you're going through right here, I tell my kids all the time. Oh, I tell my son, don't I swing. don't care what you're going through on the baseball yeah. field. I've been through it. Oh, yeah. I've done it all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've done it all, bro. I, I may be the only guy to hit four homers in, in a game, and then a year later, strike out in 26 straight games. You know, so – like that's right. Nobody I, remembers that. They just remember exactly. the four homers in a game. I forgot. Exactly. I didn't so, know that. You know, like it's so. Crazy. We only know the four jacks in a game. That's all that matters. Hey, yeah, hey. Exactly, bro. That's, so I told, like, man, there's so many different elements and things that go on to take place. Like, start using like those little pieces to be able to help you calm your mind down to perform at a level that your skill set allows you to perform at. Um, it took me some time to learn that, man. Like, I feel like I didn't have a sense of where my game was until I got to 1999. I was looking at some old tapes that people said, I was looking at myself when I played with the White Sox and bro, I didn't have a clue what was going on. I was looking at the other day. I'm like, what are you swinging at? Like some of the stuff I used to swing at. Like you figure it out on the fly a lot. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. But, but that also helps to your point, going back full True. circle with Daz having True. more looks at it, right? Whether it's in the outfield, True. no matter what you do, everybody tries to make baseball. It's like, you know, I have no idea how any of you guys hit 98 miles an hour, but I can yeah. tell you that I know, so does everybody else listening or watching what it's like to struggle at something over and over again and try and figure it out. Yes. And if you don't struggle at something over and over again, you ain't never going to figure it out. You never That's that easy. Out. You got to fall on that gonna... bike until you learn how to ride it. I don't care exactly. what it is, no matter what exactly. level. Exactly. Exactly. It was so... You know, it was so frowned upon when I was playing about the strikeout, and I used to worry about striking out so much. Shit, I was so worried about striking out, I'm swinging at balls well, anyway. Nowadays, you know what I'm saying? I mean, nowadays, you wouldn't be worried at all. <laughs> now, exactly. Nowadays, you know you're going to make contact. They'd be like, you had four home runs in a game? Here's some zeros. <laughs> exactly. Exactly, Case. But, Cam, man, I appreciate you, know, you, man. This was fantastic, dude. I'm, always, so, I'm so thankful for you doing this. It's always great to catch up. Uh, happy Father's Day again. Enjoy. If I don't talk to you before, then enjoy the time out in uh, at T-Mobile and uh, you know, trying to keep you're trying to keep uh, Harold's staff more athletic. <laughs> exactly. Bring a I, little I, bit I of mean, athleticism. You can still right now. I mean, you face Jamie in like an AB like today. Like like he's still he's still he could throw 50 and probably still get people out. He I have can. a feeling. I, no, I'm, I'm convinced. He definitely I'm, can. I'm he totally convinced of that. He like definitely I, can. Yeah, he I think he gets. I don't know his reaction time. Will be no, I don't know if he. I don't know. Want him to field the ball? Can't appreciate <laughs> you, bro. Thank you. Hey, happy Father's Day to you, Case. See you, you too, soon, buddy. buddy. Episode right. one eighty-seven in the books is always unfiltered. Brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.